Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, we've got an awesome conversation with Nick Gravonsky, who is CEO and co-founder of a company called Welcome, headquartered in New York. And as of the podcast episode, just recently raised $6 million bucks to go and accomplish their mission of simplifying remuneration and the communication of total rewards to uh, employees. So, you know, if you've ever been hired um, for a modern software company or, you know, you are hiring people for a software company, you know, it's kind of complicated to explain like the sort of full compensation to somebody, their salary, their equity, if there's some uh, benefits, 401k, and how to kind of contextualize all of that into a sort of total rewards package. And so Welcome makes that simple. They're working on having basically a database of compensation at some point in the future so people can find out where the compensation is ranked from a percentile basis. Uh, and overall, just kind of generally increasing transparency for employees looking to sort of maximize the amount of money they're making for themselves and for their families and for companies looking to, you know, hire and retain the best folks who, you know, care about pay and uh, care about, you know, earning competitive compensation. So, you know, uh, Welcome's a cool company and makes it simple for employees and makes it simple for companies to talk about total rewards as it is named in the industry. You know, we like to say pay because it's simple, but... That's the parlance of the industry, and uh, I learned a lot with this conversation with Nick, and I'm sure you guys will too. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, Nick? Thanks for hopping on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, how did you get into technology, and you know what got you interested in building a career? Yeah, I mean, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm originally from South Africa, actually, um, and we moved to uh, to the U.S. Uh, we left and moved here in 2001, or no, 2000, and. Uh, Ended up moving down to uh, to Florida, but um, and then I slowly made my way up to uh, up to New York. But yeah, I mean, what got me into technology um, is, uh, you know, I've, my, my, a lot of my family they, they've been in forms of entrepreneurship. Uh, my dad and, and my brother in South Africa and, and now here in the states. And then, um, so I was, I, you know, I was always interested in that in that side of things um, growing up, and saw what my dad did and my brother did and, and other folks around me, and then. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I remember this one moment vividly. My sister got a computer. Now, uh, infrastructure and technology in South Africa when I was growing up was not as advanced as it is today there, but even, you know, it was way behind uh, the U.S. But um, my sister had a computer at her apartment and I would often sleep over there on like weekends. And um, she pulled up DOS one day, MS-DOS, and just started printing questions and I would type in the answers and like things would happen. And my mind was just kind of blown when that <laughs> happened. And I never thought of myself as like, Oh, when I, when I finish college, I'm going to go like work in technology. It just yeah. kind of naturally happened over time. I actually started my career in finance. So uh, right. I was working on product and then throughout, you know, my time in the U S going through kind of high school and college, I'd always dabbled in design. Um, I, I did a lot of kind of abstract design and 3D design, and then that kind of morphed into more kind of web design and product design. And I'm by no means a trained designer, but I kind of just spent a lot of time there as a personal interest. And then um, also taught myself just, you know, simple, the, the basics of, of coding and, and building websites. Um, right. And that got me a lot more interested in in technology and, and what it could do. And, and, you know, I started to see, oh, there could be a career path here, but I, I didn't really know what I ever wanted to do. So I ended up going to college. I went to University of Miami and I studied finance and, and marketing and kind of said, look, I'll just get a business degree and I'll figure it out after. Started working in finance uh, right as the market crashed in, in 08. Um, but I, I worked on a product team, um, which was interesting. So I worked at Citigroup, but I worked on their payments product team. Cool. And 
uh, that's kind of where I discovered this whole world of like, oh, well, there's this thing called product that kind of blends customer, business, design, and engineering all in one. And I kind of found it by mistake. And that's kind of now led me down the path of being a product person, which I, which I think is interesting because also product, like no one grows up and says, I, I want to be a product manager, right? It's like, right. it's one of the world's weirdest. I always tell people it's like one of the weirdest jobs at a company. Right. Um, but I also think, you know, biased, but I also think it's one of the coolest jobs. So, so yeah. And then, you know, I, I was in New York as well um, at that time. And uh, it was after, you know, the, the 2008 crisis and the New York tech community back in, you know, 708 was really starting to kind of come into its own. And there was a lot of discussion around the opportunities here. Um, and you had a lot of, you know, venture dollars flowing in and a lot of people starting companies. So I, you know, I, I, I kind of got involved in the early days of the tech community here and um, I've met some incredible people and that kind of has afforded me a lot of great opportunities uh, where I spent several stints in op- various operating roles at the earliest of stages through the growth stage of companies, um, uh, companies like uh, OpenFin, Betterment, Slice. Uh, and then I, I started a company before this called Trade Coffee in the consumer space and now Welcome. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I how I got into it. Just kind of being at the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I think also that there's just an allure of working in technology, like the growth opportunity, of you know, the, the intelligence of your colleagues and how ambitious folks are. The business community, like as a professional, it's yep. probably more fun to actually build the company. Yeah. You know, and more meaningful too in terms of impact. So Definitely. that's really cool. So how did you start Welcome? Was it just born out of seeing sort of a need across all the companies you were working with as yeah. an advisor? Yeah, you know, a lot of folks say this, but like it, it, it kind of happened naturally. So the the longer backstory is um you know, every step I've taken in my career has gotten me kind of closer. And whether it's been intentional or not, I don't think it's been intentional. It just right. has kind of happened. But, but every kind of change I've made in my career has gotten me um, closer and closer to eventually starting something. But it's always led to like a lot of learning. So, you know, when I, when I first left City and joined uh, at the time a very early stage fintech company called OpenFin, <clears throat> and they took a huge bet on me and, and they're doing some awesome stuff today in the financial space. But, you know, that was where I was kind of thrown into the deep end at a startup and really had to learn how to do product properly. And, you know, every change after that, I joined Betterment really early and was one of the one of the early product, you know, uh, managers there and and got to kind of see our growth across everything from the organization to the product to scaling to, to all the things that come with that. And learned I learned a ton. And then uh, I ended up after reflecting, uh, you know, I'd been working in fintech at that point for about 10 years. I love fintech, but I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something more consumer focused. I was also interested in marketplace businesses. So right. I had an opportunity um, to to join a company that was called MyPizza.com. Uh, and everybody thought I was crazy. And there's a little bit of that in my own head of like, I'm joining a company called MyPizza.com, which... Um, <laughs> Became Slice, which uh, was an incredible journey, um, and uh, you know, awesome story there too with with Alir and, and the founder and what he's built and the impact uh, you know they've been able to have in the industry. But um, when I was at Slice, um, I also met my co-founder there. So my my co-founder Rick, he was the the chief people officer, and and he joined um, a little bit after I did, and um, you know he came in to to really build out the team and and, and culture and process and organization. I, I came in to kind of lead product and, and worked on, you know, the, our rebrand to Slice and launching our mobile apps and, and really scaling the business. But Rick and I just kind of naturally gravitated towards each other while we were there. And, and we obviously worked together building the team, um, you mm. know, obviously recruiting and building the product team, the design team, and, and, you know, obviously helping build the engineering team. 
Um, and we just kind of got closer and closer and realized we shared a lot of the same values as humans and as colleagues and a lot of the same interests and both, you know, had aspirations to start a company uh, together one day. And we kind of always said to each other, like, hey, let, let's keep in touch. And one day, maybe we'll, we'll do something together. I ended up getting uh, getting an opportunity uh, after that where, where I left Slice and I joined a venture studio as an entrepreneur in residence where I helped them uh, bring a company to the world called Trade Coffee, which is similar to Slice. It's a... You know, it's it's a platform that makes discovering and buying amazing coffees that's personalized to your own uh, taste, preferences, and interests from the best roasters from across the country, and really helping these amazing independent brands build a much bigger online business um, outside of just their core wholesale channels. Cool. Um, so I ended up going to, uh, and and working on trade. You know, Rick and I kept in touch. Uh, we did some awesome work at Trade. We we scaled the business, scaled the team, and you know, as I re- re- reflected on my time there that was another step of getting closer to starting a company. And I learned a ton of great things there, kind of joining the venture studio and being involved in the earliest of days of, of starting a company from, from nothing. And Rick and I kept in touch and, and, you know, we started talking um, the summer of 2019 and both kind of realized that it was time for us to go do something on our own, uh, that we were the people we wanted to work with. So for me, the way that welcome came about was we were, I was at least more, and I think Rick too is more people focused. So like, well, who do I want to work with first? Let me figure that out. And, you know, Rick and I actually spent a lot of time just talking about like why we wanted to work together and what the, what values we shared and why we felt like we were the right people to go do something together. And then, you know, with Rick's background, having been in the HR and people space, his whole career, he obviously has a natural slant towards doing something in the people space and obviously has a lot of expertise and insights there. For me, you know, as I reflect on my career and, and I, I see the things that have been done well at organizations, like, when, you know, when OpenFin started to scale, when Betterment really scaled, I joined when we were about 15 people. I think we ended up growing to over 300 pretty quickly. The people team there and the focus on culture and the process and the employee experience and candidate experience is always top of mind. Um, and I got closer and closer to that as, as, a, as an employee and, and as I stepped up into more of a leadership position. At Slice, same thing. I had to come in and help build a foundational team and got much closer to the people processes. Uh, and then at Trade, same thing. I, I was the first person working on that business and, and led a lot of the hiring of the early team. And I just started to develop a much deeper appreciation for people, the people process, the experience. Mm-hmm. I was starting to pay more attention to the software platforms and the experiences that are out there today for candidates, employees. Um, as someone who was building a team, I also became more aware of the challenges that everyone has around compensation and how to talk about compensation and how to be competitive in the market and how to explain equity. Um, So all of these patterns were happening in my own head. And then, you know, Rick and I kind of got together and we both just felt like doing something in the people space was going to be of most interest to both of us and where we felt like we could have the most impact as, as a team coming together. And we went through a bunch of iterations. We looked at a bunch of different, you know, parts of the people experience, uh, recruiting and, and other, other things. And, you know, we ultimately landed on welcome just through a lot of customer research and, and discussions. And there were just kind of a few aha moments as we got deeper into customer discovery, where we had some early, you know, assumptions around, hey, like compensation is really interesting. And in our experiences, like it's always been a bit of a black box and not just for candidates or employees, but even for recruiting teams and and how to one, get your hands on the right data to think about how can I be competitive in the market or what does the market look like to how do I explain equity to a candidate? How do I explain equity to an employee? Um, How do I explain how to explain the stuff to my team so that when they're out recruiting and hiring and closing 
uh, candidates, they can effectively talk about this stuff and they're armed with the right way to do it. And they understand it as well. Um, and that just kind of naturally led us down the path of what ultimately became welcome is just a lot of value alignment and what we wanted to build, um, the space that we were interested in and just spending a lot of time talking to customers, but also just having our general own points of view. And I don't know, there was one day I was walking down the street, uh, Astor Place. Um, I just remember this and kind of just, it all just like came together in my head. Yeah. As, as we had just, you know, we'd spent months exploring and it just kind of like hit me in the head. And How pumped were you when you were um, walking? You're probably just like, holy shit. I got I, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was excited. I mean, I, we still didn't know exactly what it meant, but I, you know, we were able to. We were, I was able to like start to string things together in more of a narr- narrative. And I remember I called Rick and we talked about it. And then, yeah, we just yeah. You know, that's always exciting, right? And obviously, then you know, the challenges of building it's it's always a challenge. Totally. But um, yeah, just it, it, just by spending months in the space and and looking at all these different you know streams of themes and conversations, a lot of it was our initial focus was compensation and how do we make that clearer and easier for all parties involved. And we eventually kind of strung together the, the general strategy for what's now become uh, become welcome. Yeah, it's interesting. As an employer, I definitely feel the pain of the black box of compensation. And in fact, that's like critical to our business too, because we get developers hired. So what's your view on like Glassdoor? You yeah. know, what's your take on these self-reported comp yeah. databases? I mean, look, I think, I think things like Glassdoor and, and Levels and you know, all the other sources out there, I generally think it's a good thing because I think it's pushing the conversation for having more transparency and having mm. more explanation around compensation, not just for candidates or employees, but also for the company. And I think, right. you know, if you look at what's happened over the last four or five years, there has been a deeper demand from candidates who are pushing and employees who are pushing for more transparency around a company's compensation philosophy and their equity and what it could be worth and how to think about ownership at the company and how to think about compensation and levels. And, and very importantly, I think there's, there, there needs to be more conversations around this, but I think there's also a lot happening more recently around pay equality and gender equality. and, and, And when it comes to compensation. So my view on that is like, Yes, the self-reported data sets can be challenging because they're self-reported and they're fairly inaccurate and they can also lag the market pretty significantly in terms of how close of a pulse that actually has on the market. The market is changing so quickly, especially these days where everyone's been thrust into this remote world. A lot of companies are going to stay this way or at least be some hybrid. Um, And a lot of companies are hiring talent in places they've never had to hire before and they don't really know what that market looks like. But putting that aside, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happening in, in compensation in general is, is a good thing. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of companies are spending time trying to be thoughtful around, okay, well, what is our, our compensation brand and, and how should we talk about compensation to candidates and to our employees? Um, and, and how do we do this effectively so that we can, one, be more transparent, two, make sure we are paying people, you know, equitably and getting closer to where the market is and also ideally helping them because, you know, our view is by doing that, companies will actually improve their close rates when they're trying to, you know, when I went over Canada and also ideally improve their retention rates because employees are coming in and, and understanding the philosophy of that company's compensation and also understanding the value they're helping create and the opportunity that's there for them. Because, you know, anecdotally in like my career and Rick's career and the customers we're working with, most Canada's employees don't understand the stuff. They don't understand equity. They don't understand how it, how it actually works. Um, they also don't understand how to think about, you know, their overall like total compensation and how to factor right. all these different things in. So again, I think it's a good thing for, for everyone involved. That's so interesting. So 
I think you can definitely draw a straight line to recruiting from having a solid compensation framework that's you know yep. probably somewhere at or above market. And I think you can probably think about retention as a function of that too. Is there a way to think about maybe employee engagement? How would you measure that? Like somebody feels good that they're getting paid this much and they talk to their friends who are engineers. And I wonder if it also helps engagement when they're actually working in the jobs as well. Yeah. I mean, I, look, people are always going to, you know, you can't stop employees from talking to other friends at other companies <laughs> and you, you, you always have those inputs and, and data points. And I think those yeah. conversations are also good because it means people are being thoughtful and they're asking the right questions. Yeah. Um, but I think if you look at it from the company's perspective, it's so much better if the company can preempt some of those questions and, and, and help those employees like truly understand it. Cause sometimes what you'll see is I'm sure you've experienced it is like an employee will go talk to a friend at, you know, I'm at this early stage startup and someone will go talk to their friend at Facebook and they got like got this huge option grant. And then the employee comes back and says, well, well, my friend at Facebook has like a hundred thousand shares and I have like 5,000 shares. And it's like, right. well, number of shares doesn't actually really mean anything. You have to think about the broader picture of right. how many shares are outstanding. And, and again, Facebook's a much bigger company and they've got, you know what I mean? So I, I think those conversations are generally good, but I think, you know, ultimately I think it, it, it serves companies to be more transparent and, and not just being transparent, but just being open with what their compensation philosophy is so that employees' expectations are set correctly. And that also employees can understand, um, you know, their their compensation and how it fits within that company's model. And and more importantly, the opportunity that's there for them. Because um, I think a lot of employees, you know, often for, forget that stuff. And so do, so do teams. You're, you've been at a company for two, three, four years. You, 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 you got your option grant, you know, four years ago or three years ago. And it's like, yeah, I got some shares and it has a strike price. And I know my base has gone up, but like, what does this all mean? The company's valuations changed three times. We've raised three rounds of funding. Right. You know, what, what does that mean for me? And, and what's the opportunity still ahead of me? Cause oftentimes there's still big opportunities there for, for those employees to, to continue to grow. I have so many questions there and we don't have much time. So I would say that the amount of money that we're putting into the economy has really subsidized like a lot of these big tech firms and their ability to give massive RSU grants. Are you seeing that with team level compensation with the amount of venture dollars flowing into private companies? Like, you know, company valuations are rising, but is comp rising for the everyday person? Honestly, that's not something we track right now. Um, I think longer term, those are trends we could start to, to look at and, and, and kind of provide industry perspective on. It's not something we look at kind of right now as we're, as we're building the company. But um, anecdotally, what, you know, what I would say is independent of company valuations rising and capital flooding in, I think there's a lot of great things being built and a lot of awesome things happening. Sure. Um, which I think is a good thing for everyone involved, and all it's doing is creating more, you know, more employment opportunities for for skilled for skilled folks on the engineering side, or even business business roles. I mean, you you name it. There's so many interesting opportunities now being afforded to to people. Um, I still think there's a lot more work to do across the industry, making those opportunities more widely available to to True. everyone more equally. But I think you know dollars flowing into companies and companies being built and growing and being successful, I think is ultimately, you know, a great thing for, for people to, to, to come in and learn and grow and, and succeed in their careers. Um, but I, you know, we are also seeing as, as we work with companies, um, a lot of them philosophically are already bought into kind of what you said, they want to be more transparent about this stuff because they realize the value and they're, 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 try, they're either trying before they start working with, with us, um, 
but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of manual and it's not scalable. Um, or when they start using Welcome, they, they kind of get exposed to, to some of the tools we provide and, and they start rolling it out and, and kind of experimenting with and then scaling within the org. So I think all these things are, are a good thing. Um, independent, obviously, there's there's always issues and challenges in, in an industry. So, but I still think overall it, it, it's a good thing. But I, I don't have any hard data to like comment on like our salaries always rising and our you know I of don't course. have anything specific there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how how I at least think about it. Cool. Yeah, we actually use a compensation consultant, and she's awesome. But I would welcome a conversation with welcome. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I'm curious to see how, you know, the platform works and, and all that stuff. Even for companies that are growing and scaling and helping them, you know, think through, okay, well, now we're series B and like now I need to implement comp bands. And like, how do we do that? And what are exactly. the and how do we think about leveling? And like all of these things aren't necessarily directly tied to compensation, but they are as well. A hundred percent. You know, I think there's a lot of opportunities there to drive the right type of impact and change. And it's something we want to be able to do for every company. Yeah, so. totally. How do you guys build your database to find out how, you know, if this salary is at 50th percentile or this is at 75th percentile? Like, how do you guys build that database? You know, at a, at a high level, what we're doing at Welcome is we're, we're trying to make compensation planning easy for, for everyone involved. And what that basically means is there's a few ways we do that. So we help teams improve their kind of offer acceptance and close rates through our digital offer platform. Mm. But we also help in doing that. We, we help them with, you know, collaboration on the whole closing process um, across a recruiting team. Um, and then we also help candidates better understand their offer. And more importantly, also understand their total compensation through that experience. Mm. Um, once that person then becomes an employee, uh, we have a product called total rewards, which basically helps employees better understand their financial relationship with their employer uh, and the, you know, um, opportunity ahead of them um, as, you know, as the company continues to grow and what their equity could be worth. Uh, and that we're ultimately helping with uh, support the performance review process at a company, but also ongoing retention or even kind of pre-retention so that, you know, employees really understand their opportunity there as they continue to, to grow with the company and as their equity continues to best. And as the company's valuation, you know, ideally continues to increase as they as they continue to work there. And then for teams, for, for HR teams, and, and even to some level kind of, you know, finance and exec teams, we offer kind of a, a planning and benchmarking tool to help teams better kind of plan for the future of their organization and think about, you um, how they should be level setting compensation as they're going through performance processes and merit cycles, and also how to think about as their company grows, how should we be thinking about that growth and budgeting for that growth. Um, and then we are also building out a uh, real-time data set for both cash and equity compensation, which is then kind of integrated back into, you know, into the platform where if I'm creating an offer and welcome, I can get a real-time pulse of what the market is for that, you know, that role and that geography for that level. Um, but also as I'm thinking about my own team and it's merit cycle season or performance season, I can also look at that data to get a better sense of where the market is as I'm, you know, benchmarking my, my compensation. So um, the way we're, the way we're building the, the, that out today, the, the latter part, um, the data set is um, with the data that's flowing through the welcome platform. Um, Sick. That we're, we're, and we're very transparent about that with customers and, yeah. um, but that, that's kind of how we're, we're building it out. Um, it's going to take time to scale, but we think it's the right way to start to build it out. And, and, you know, over time we'll eventually have a pretty comprehensive data set that, that we're very excited to, to bring to the industry. That's awesome because that's actually real market clearing data. Yep. That's not self-reported yep. data that nobody Correct. can verify. So that's exactly. so sick. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. We're very, we're very, very excited about it. So are our customers and, um, 
we've got some some early versions of it and and you know but we're, we're excited to kind of bring that to, to more teams yeah that's so cool um okay so i've noticed that performance review and comp review like there's two camps one yep. camp is they're tied another camp is that they're not tied how, how do you guys think about it and like does your product have a workflow no our, my, my point of view on this stuff is welcome is meant to help you and be flexible to what your your philosophy is today mm. so we don't try to dictate and tell a company what they should be doing if they aren't doing what we ultimately think they should be doing every company is different their evolution is different the political infrastructure of the company is different. The management infrastructure is different. They, they're all got their own kind of, you know, uniqueness when it comes to everything, not just compensation, everything, the way they right. hire, the way they set up their teams and their, their org chart, like all that's different. So, right. however, so we don't, we don't try to dictate the way a company should use welcome. We try to give them the tools so that they can then best fit welcome into their existing processes. However, over time, we do think that whether it's with with data or whether we have anecdotes and things that we can share, we can start to help companies think about ways to improve their current processes around the way they close candidates or how they run performance review cycles. Um, I mean, we have no aspirations to build a performance management system. If right. anything, you know, we'll, we have a bunch of integrations live today. We'll, we'll integrate with folks like Lattice and, and 15.5 and, and others. But I think the way that we look at that is we can over time drive hopefully positive change for all parties involved, companies, candidates, and employees by being able to say to, to companies, hey, you're doing it this way today. Here's a bunch of data or, or stories from customers we've been working with that are doing it this way, something for you to consider or use as a reference point as you're thinking about evolving your, your comp philosophy or the way you're doing things. So we try to be neutral, which I do think is important. Um, we, we, you know, we, we don't want to come in and make the company change the way they're doing everything. But I think over time, we can influence some of their bigger, more important decisions around compensation. That's a really cool way to think about it. Yeah. Because, you know, with all of these sort of um, tools that kind of augment your internal business processes, yeah, you, you sort of have to almost buy into the methodology that governs right. the product. So I, I, I love that worldview. I mean, it's something that we struggle with internally because we have a strong point of view on the best way to interview somebody, let's yeah. say. Right. And so there's a debate, you know, that's ongoing in the product team around, should we make them do that way or should we yeah. like let them do it however they want? That's, yeah, don't get me wrong. We still have strong points of view on certain things. Of course. And, and you know, the way we build the product, we have strong points of view around of ultimately driving the customer in, in a certain direction because we think it's the right thing for for them. But also when it comes to their actual policies, right? we, we don't, you know, that's up to the company. Um, and right. again, over time, we can maybe influence the right changes as we grow and we scale. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, too. I think there's going to be some some cool opportunities there for us to, to have some real positive uh, positive impacts for the, comp- the specific companies, but also, you know, the industry at large. That's really cool. Get some equity, gender equity, pay equity, all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, okay, so... Let's see. I wanted to ask you about venture capital. You've been in the halls. You've likely talk, spoken to the LP class, which is something that not many entrepreneurs get to do. You know, the people that the people who give you money raise from. What's your take on this whole indie hacker bootstrapping versus sort of building a big business with venture dollars? I think ultimately... The company and the founding team, like they ultimately have to do what they feel is best for them. 
Right. Um, and I think, I think what's happening in like the creator economy and all this stuff is awesome. Like, I think you're, you're seeing whether it's individuals building a brand or, or an individual that has now become like a company, right. And they've like right. productized, they've like productized what they built and they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and not even just them. There's also, you know, there's also a great group of companies, you know, that are, um, bootstrapped and right. that have built their own growth with, with their own funding and, and finance their, their, uh, you know, their growth with their own revenue. And I think that's awesome. Um, like I, I'm all for that. I, I think it's, I think it's a great thing. And, and I think again, what's happening with the creative economy, you look at what's happening right now with like NFTs and what everybody's like, that stuff's awesome. I don't understand NFTs, but it's all in the feed every single day. And again, I mean, I have FOMO. I'm like, oh, maybe I should pay <laughs> yeah. I don't. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll spend some time doing more research so I can get, get better educated. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily view it as a, as a personal decision. I, j- I just think it, it becomes a question of, okay, well, well, what vertical are you in? What industry are you in? How are these companies typically built? What's all, what, what do you need to successfully build the business? Right. And I think you, you've got to be able to answer those questions. And venture capital, I think, can be a great thing. Um, it, can, it can help you build and, and scale. It's obviously a very different path taking on venture money versus bootstrapping. And there's pros and cons to both. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's a mix of like personal, do I want to do that? And it's a mix of like, well, if I want to be successful in this category, this vertical, do I need to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've, you've got to kind of figure out what the right thing is for the business at that point in time, especially when you're starting out. Like, okay, can I bootstrap this and slowly grow this? And am I going to be able to really scale it and grow it effectively? Or at the earliest of days, do I need venture capital to help me get to market and help me really scale and help me build the right team? What is the makeup of my early team? Do I need to hire more people? If so, how do I do that effectively? Do I have capital to do that? So I think it just comes down to a lot of different factors, but I think both approaches are obviously, you know, they both have their their pros and cons. Um, and I think it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And I think you've got to be very, you got to be very thoughtful about that of what are you ultimately trying to accomplish? What are the variables at play? And what do you need to go and get that done? Um, totally. That's how I at least think about it. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, Nick, thanks so much for hopping on yeah, this and great. telling us about Welcome. Take awesome. care, everybody. Bye. Hey, thanks for checking out the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the hiring platform companies use to find the best talent in software development. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or work with us, head over to gun.io to get in touch. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.